As you join us today, we want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Mark, chapter 3. As we look at what God is doing in our hearts and lives, we realize that He is calling us beyond the ordinary, beyond the culture, beyond the dynamic that we're accustomed to. We want to say thank you for believing in our vision and the, all that God is doing through and in Family of Grace. Thank you again for uh, stopping us on the street and letting us know how much you love our ministry and sending us words of encouragement. And in this new year, God is calling us out to really make a difference. And we hope this sermon today will give you what you need in the walk of faith in this brand new year. And so if you have your Bible today in the book of Mark chapter 3, let's read this passage of scripture and then we'll come back and draw a couple of interesting points. The Bible says in Mark 3 in verse 1, Now he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a paralyzed hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching Jesus closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with a paralyzed hand, Stand before, stand before us. And then he said to him, Is it lawful on the Sabbath for me to do good or do evil? to save life, or to kill it. But they were silent. And after looking around at them with anger. Now, would you underline that in your, your Bible? Because we're talking about Jesus here. The, the be angry and sin not. After looking around at them with anger and with sorrow because of the hardness of their hearts, he told the man, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. So immediately the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against him how they might destroy Jesus. Now, have you ever thought about this? Someone's trying to destroy me, and I'm not even started good yet. And that's how it was with Jesus. Some of the very first actions that he began to engage in automatically sent man trying to plot against him and what he was doing. Now, let's look at this, and there's a couple of things that I want to share with you. As we look at this, we see what it is that Jesus is saying here in this dynamic is that Jesus was not wanting to leave this man hopeless. He was not wanting to leave him in a state of despair, but he was wanting to bring about the ultimate victory for this man. Now, when we look at this, there's a couple of things contextually going on with this man's life. First of all, in chapter 3 and verse 1, where did he enter? He entered into the synagogue. He entered into the church of that day. And so when we look at this, first of all, we see that Jesus entered into this synagogue. We also see that this man who was a cripple, who did not measure up, also he also entered into this same synagogue. Now, the thing that they were doing at this point is that they were breaking through and stretching forth to penetrate religious barriers, which was a dynamic of breaking spiritual barriers. Spiritually speaking, they were pressing forth and moving into a spiritual dynamic. Now, when we look at this, I want to give you these four points and I want to come back and lay out my sermon. So first of all, we see that he was stretching forth 
spiritually because he had to overcome some religious dynamics, some religious expressions, some religious dialogue to get through and penetrate those barriers and to be able to be victorious. The other thing we see in this passage of Scripture, not only was he wanting to stretch forth spiritually, but he wanted him to stretch forth psychologically. When we look at this dynamic, it was so interesting because the Bible says in verse 2, it says here that he moved for, he went to move forward in order to accuse him, they were watching him. They were watching Jesus. Now we're talking about two different, two different men right here. You with me? We're talking about Jesus is one of the men. There's three groups. Jesus. There's the man with the, the withered hand. And then there's the religious crowd. And so they're all watching. Everybody's waiting to see what happens. So basically what happens is in verse 2, there was this psychological barrier. I'm telling you that for this man, for this man to penetrate and go into the synagogue, there was some psychological barriers taking place in his life because he knew that he didn't measure up. Matter of fact, that's why many people won't go to a church because their life is broken. They know that they're wounded. They know that many of them have physical wounds that many people in the city know about. And therefore, they have a hard time breaking through that religious barrier because of psychological, their minds telling them people's going to judge them. Their heart may be willing, but their mind is keeping them from moving forward and breaking through those barriers. And then there was the emotional concept. I mean, emotionally, when your mind is telling you not to do something, and then it's relating to the emotional context that you're in, and I'm telling you, that's a barrier to overcome. And then, lastly, he said, step forward. Step forward. Stretch out your hand. And there was the physical dynamic. Now, here's the interesting dialogue about this passage of Scripture. That, that this man, that Jesus and this man and the disciples had to deal with every context of the human being. It was spiritually there was a dynamic. Physically there was a dynamic. Psychologically there was a dynamic. And emotionally there was a dynamic. And they had to deal with all of them. Now, here's where we are in this context. Jesus had just rounded up last week his first four disciples, they were just fishermen. They were fishermen. They were out there minding their own business. And Jesus brought them forth and put them in a whole new dynamic. Now, I'm not going to preach a sermon on him, but just a few verses before this in the book of Mark, he, Jesus also calls another disciple from a completely different cultural context. He calls him and his name is Matthew. Matthew, he comes forth. He's of a tax collector cultural dynamic. That's his profession. That's his, uh, the, the element that he moves in, the circle that he moves in and lives in. And he calls him forth. And in the process of calling this tax collector forth, Jesus begins to hang out with other tax collectors. And they begin to be angry way back then because they looked into the house of Matthew, Levi, and they saw him. And when they saw him, it said he's eating with a bunch of sinners. And so now the stage is set. The showdown is at the church house. It's at the synagogue. And here comes Jesus with his ragamuffin team of disciples. Four old calloused hand fishermen coming from one cultural dynamic, one uh, white-collar professional coming from another dynamic who was of a whole different class, basically may have both spoke the same language, but their cultural language was completely different than the cultural language of Peter and the sons of, uh, of Zebedee. It was a completely 
cultural language different. They were cultures apart. They were worlds apart. And here comes Jesus, the Son of God, moving into the synagogue where the religious folks were with his, uh, his ragtag team of disciples from different cultural dynamics. And all of a sudden, the stage is set. And the Bible says that as they began to move, things began to happen. What was beginning to happen? Well, there was one there with a withered hand. There was Jesus there. There was Matthew there. There was the four fishermen there. And there was a religious crowd of elitism there. And all of a sudden, the stage was being set. And they were moving forward. And as they were moving forward, something very interesting was happening. People were speaking. Their hearts were moving. Their mind was thinking. And they were thinking, oh, yeah, what's he going to do? What's he going to look, 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 look at here. Look at the two things that was being said. Verse 2, it says, look at what verse 2 says. That as they step forward, as they step forward in order to accuse him, in order to accuse him, they were watching. You see, they weren't watching to hear from God. They weren't watching to get a word. They weren't watching for anything other than to see, how can we get this Jesus? Because he was already running counterclockwise to what religion of that day was doing because he was hanging out with sinners when he called Matthew. How dare he take four fishermen and a tax collector and put them in a level of leadership in this guy's ministry team? He Surely he can't be the Messiah. These guys aren't qualified. And so as we look at this dynamic, it was so interesting. And so they were watching in order to accuse them. Now there was something else happening. There was Jesus. That's what was the unsaid with the religious folks. The unsaid with Jesus was something different. He was angry. The Bible says he was angry. The Bible says that his heart was sad. It grieved him. It made him sad that this was the religion of that day. And the religion of that day was so overwhelmed with disqualifying people who weren't worthy and not bringing about the pathway of redemption to the broken, doomed, and the damned. And so here's two things that are happening. Are you with me? Say amen. So well, psychologically, they were looking at him trying to accuse him, and Jesus was over here being unwell. Now all of a sudden, between Jesus being angry and sad all at the same time, and the religious folks trying to accuse him, and behind him, his leadership team of a tax collector and four disciples, there stood one with a withered hand. Now if you look this up, the palsy that he had this particular crippled man, not only was his hand withered, but in the context of this crippled man, it literally would not have had complete bone cartridge. Like, it would not have had a complete bone structure in that arm and the hand of this withered man. It was not just that he had broke it. It was not just that it was a, a, a wounded arm, but it was completely withered, and it, it, was, it would cling to their side. It would cling to their side. You've seen people with a withered hand. And this, this particular man, his hand was withered. So between 
the person who was looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, and Jesus being angry, stood a man with a withered hand. Are you with me? Do you see this showdown happening here? And so all of a sudden, Jesus looks at that man, and he says, would you stand up and step forward? Now, understand something with this man. It was his hand that was withered. It was not a withered foot. It was not a withered leg. It was a withered hand. His legs were completely functioning. They were proper. They were intact. And so that man could stand up with no problem. Matter of fact, he stood up without even thinking about it. Can I ask you a question? When you came in this building and you sat down, how many of you thought about it? How many of you actually thought about sitting down? I mean, you cleared the spot. Now, I realize if you're crippled or hurting, then it takes a little more thought. You're coming in for a safe landing. But most of us just sat down. We just sat down. We didn't think about it. We just sat down subconsciously. In a minute, when you get up to leave, you'll just get up and go. You won't think, okay, uh, a feet, position yourself. You won't say knees, begin to do your job. No, it just happens because it's natural. It can happen. This man was not limited in mobility. He was limited in the hand. Now, this is important. Stay with me. Because when Jesus said, sir, stand up and come right here, it was, it was not something that was impossible. It was something that he could do. And so all of a sudden, between those who were wanting no accuse and those whose heart was so sad they were angry, Jesus and his disciples, now all of a sudden, here stood one. And Jesus asked a question. He looked at the religious folks and he said, can I ask you something? Is it right for me to heal this man? Is it right? Is it right for me to heal him? Is it right to do good or do evil on the Sabbath? Now, if you read Matthew's account, his cultural lens is completely different from Mark's. Man, he goes into great, a great disposition. If you want to know the most of this story, go read it in Matthew 12. Matthew 12 Matthew goes into, and he was there, first-hand account. He gives the illustration of where Jesus said, how many of you had one sheep that would go astray? You wouldn't go get it. If you lost a lamb, if you had a lamb, get down. How many of you wouldn't go get it on the Sabbath? And he gives this great picture of Jesus drawing the parallel to the shepherd going to get the sheep. Cultural lens is completely different. All week, I've, I've had really had the privilege of really uh, identifying with Mark. You remember? Mark says, I was out there fishing. I was minding my own business. Jesus said, hey, you want to come with me? Okay, let's go. Same thing with his account of Matthew. He went in. There's a bunch of tax collectors there. He said, you want to come with me? Matthew went. If you read other accounts, they give you the whole backstory. It's the cultural difference. And in this new year, guys, as we move forward and we see different pockets of culture and different people and different socioeconomical status and different ethnic groups, God is calling us forth to come together and have a unifying vision that we realize the diversity that is placed in the Bible, I mean, the diversity that is placed in the body is placed there by a holy God who's wanting to move in our hearts and our life in a unique way. And so in this dynamic, he says, step forth. And then he looked at the man. He says, stretch forth thy hand. Now stay with me. Because I ask you, was there any difficulty for the man standing up? No. Was it hard for him to walk forward? No. But I want you to understand the next command for this guy was impossible. Was impossible. Not only was it impossible, like, like I understand, like, you know, if you mess up an arm, it may be, you may not be able to, because of the pain, to stretch forth your arm. Are you with me? 
Like because you broke a bone, because you tore a ligament, because you pulled a muscle, you may not be able to do it because it hurts too bad, but physically, the bones and the muscles and everything is in place for that arm to operate, but it's been broken, it's been damaged, it's been severed, but what is in your arm to make that happen? Matter of fact, you can do it sometimes. You know, I had an, this arm x-ray not long ago, and she was like, turn your arm. I'm like, I can't. She said, yeah, you can. And so she comes over there and needs to take a picture of it. So they force it. So you could do it. Everything was in place, and I could do it. I just didn't want to do it because it hurt too darn bad. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? For this man, it was literally, physically, humanly impossible for him to respond to the question of Jesus, the, the command of Jesus. Where he says, stretch it forth. It clung to his side because it was withered. Literally, things were not in place properly for it to happen physically. But nevertheless, Jesus said, stretch forth. Now understand that this man had to stretch forth just to be in that place. He had to break through religious barriers, spiritual barriers, emotional barriers, psychological barriers, physical limitations to be in that place. And in this new year, I am telling you that God has his thumb in our backs if you're his children and he's calling you to step forward. Number one, if you've ever been called by God, you had to break through the spiritual barrier. Yes, when he called you with the call of salvation, you had to be willing to say, Lord, I'm going to stretch forth and receive your word. I'm going to believe in your promise of what you're saying and what you're doing that I might have complete life and have it more abundantly. If you're believing in and clinging to the only begotten Son of the Father, Jesus Christ, then at some point you have stretched forth and laid hold of the promise of salvation and what God is doing. Are you with me? I'm telling you today that if you're a child of God, he is calling you to stretch forth. And he has his thumb in your back for the next level of ministry, for the next level of calling. If you've never believed in the name of the only begotten one of Jesus Christ, then probably today his thumb is in your back, the thump is in your heart, because he is calling you to salvation. Calling you to salvation. I remember one time hearing a girl, she came to her mother. It was in a, her mother was in the middle of watching the American Idol, Idol show, and the daughter comes up to her and says, Mom, I really need to talk to you. And she said, Honey, it's in the middle of the American Idol. Can this wait? I've been waiting all week for this. And so she says, Mom, I really need to talk to you. And she says, Daughter, this, this is almost finished. It's halfway finished. I can talk to you afterwards. She said, Mama, Jesus is thumping in my heart, and I need you to talk to you about it. He says, okay, maybe Jesus is thumping in your heart this morning for the gospel call to respond to salvation, but maybe it's, it's a different thump. Maybe you feel the pressure of God because he's calling you to stretch forth. And you say, Pastor, it's impossible. What God is calling me to do is impossible. There's no way. It's impossible. I shared on the video last week and the one that we're promoting this week that 10 years ago, people literally looked me in the eye, people that I esteemed highly, and they said, I just don't think you ought to do this. I don't think you ought to try to plant a multi-ethnic church in central Louisiana because it's not ready for it. I'm telling you that there are people who will tell you not to do it. There's very logical reasons not to do it, but all my 
my brothers and sisters today, when God is nudging you and it's the holy thumb of the Holy Spirit nudging you in your back and pushing you forward and saying, I want you to go to the next level, it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter if it's humanly impossible. God is calling you forth and he's saying, stretch forth. He told the paralytic, he told this man here with the withered hand, he said, stretch forth that withered hand. And that man said, he knew in his mind he couldn't do it. He knew in his emotion he couldn't do it. But I am telling you that at this point, something was happening in the spiritual dynamic of this man that trumped the psychological intellect of this man. It trumped the emotional dynamic of this man. It trumped everything that was going on around because spiritually he was stretching forth. He knew he couldn't do it physically. So at that moment, he began to stretch forth in faith to faith, believing in the promise of God. And I believe that upon the instance of that man stretching forth in faith in his spirit and his spiritual dynamic, that that is when God healed him. Because you see, he couldn't stretch it forth physically. It was impossible. It was medically impossible for him to stretch forth. Now, I don't know how miracles happen. I don't know how this man's hand was healed. I don't know how Peter walked on the water. All I know is, but God. But Jesus showed up and he responded in faith. And when we responded in faith, Christ responded in victory. Now, what I want you to know today that God has got his thumb in some of your backs. You've been looking at this ministry fair and you say, Pastor, I hadn't signed up for anything because nothing rings my bell. Nothing floats my boat. Nothing stirs my emotion. And it's probably if it doesn't, God's got his thumb in your back and he's pushing you to the next level and saying, you know that thing I've been speaking to you years about, that thing I've been nudging you to do, I want you to step out in faith. I want you to move forward and stretch out in faith and do it and believe in me for the victory now there's plenty of reasons not to do it psychologically you know better culturally it doesn't fit emotionally you just can't bring yourself to put it all out there to take the risk and so therefore because we're not breaking through the psychological spiritual and emotional barriers therefore we are a emotional yo-yo we are up and down we are high and low we are sold out one minute and all in one minute and pull the coins off the table the next minute and the next minute we're all in again and then we're all out and then we're all in and then we're all out I'm telling you today my brothers and sisters in Christ quit looking through the cultural lens that you grew up in quit looking through the ethnic lens it tells you this is all you can be because you're of this ethnic group or you're of this social economical status. Quit looking through the lens that man made and look through the lens that God ordained before the foundation of the world. You believe in God. You stretch forth in faith whether it's your hand that's withered, whether it's a heart that's trying to obey, whether it's feet that's trying to run. And when we stretch forth, God will meet us there. God will meet us. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. The Lord is. The Lord is. The Lord is. You see today, many reasons people won't stretch forth. It's because they say, Pastor, I've, I, I've missed the mark. I'm too old. I can't do this. My window is past. Pastor, I can't do this. I, I'm limited in my education. I'm limited in what I know. Pastor, I can't do this because I can't read, because I can't write, because I can't do this. One of the greatest soul winners that I knew couldn't read. 
And he would take his little New Testament Bible and he would go to a place and he would walk up to a stranger and say, I can't read, but could you tell me what this says? And he would point to a scripture like John 3, 16 of 1 John 1, 9. And he'd say, could you read this? And hit those salvation scriptures. And, and he said, well, do you know what that means? I, I can't read. And, I really, and, and before you know it, he's got total strangers reading the word of God. And, and, they're belie- and before you know it, he's leading them to Christ. You see, what God is wanting to do is go to the place that is our greatest weakness. And he wants to minister to us through our greatest weakness. I'm telling you that in the short life of Family of Grace, we have seen men and women take a whole new direction in their life because they heard the gospel message. They felt the thumb in the back of a holy God and they stretched forth. And I am asking you today to stretch forth thy hand, to stretch forth thy spirit, to stretch forth thy heart, to stretch forth thy mind and believe. Believe in God. Quit looking through the lens of logic and believe the word of God. Find me something logical in here. Find me something that makes sense in the human dynamic. And I'll find the rest of the Bible. I'll outmatch it. No tell how many to one where God just showed up and said this and this and this. I mean, do you think it made sense for the whole? I mean, I'm not even going to get into it. There's so many examples. I wouldn't even know where to start or stop. And here's one. He said, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched forth his hand. And immediately he was healed. The Bible says in the book of Luke, the doctor, that it looked just like the other one. There was no limitations. It was not limited. There was no limitations. When Jesus passed by, there was no limitation. And then immediately, immediately, they began to look for ways to kill him. The Bible says they began to plot against Jesus. Spiritually speaking, life's not always a bed of roses. When you decide to sell out, When you decide to stretch forth and respond to the gospel call. You will meet adversity. Immediately, they begin plotting against him. You know what we're looking for in our city today? It's people who are willing to stretch out and believe in God. To stretch across You know, we hear this saying all the time in Washington. They need to stretch across the party aisles. Reach out across and and connect. Listen, we need to reach out in the church. We need to stretch out across our cultural dynamic, across that ethnic lens, across the barriers of generation, and begin to connect people. You say, it's uncomfortable. I know it's uncomfortable. That's why our new sermon series for weeks is going to be on the uncomfortable gospel. Listen, we're looking for a pop culture gospel. The word pop culture means anything that soothes the masses. Listen, there's a a lot of things that Jesus called us to do, but soothe the masses isn't one of them. He called us to point the way for hope. And today God is wanting us to stretch forward. I wonder, would you stretch forward? Would you stretch forward and believe God? God's brought you to the place. Stretch forth. 
what God is calling you to may, seem, may have seemed impossible. It may have seemed unheard of six months ago. But today, God is calling us to believe in him and not our preference. Not our preference. God's calling us to make a difference. He's calling us to stretch forth. Get out of our comfort zone and believe him. Maybe you're sitting at home there this morning and you're saying, Pastor, what about me? You know, maybe you're you just at the place where you're willing to just give it all to him and allow him to have the victory in your life. If you live too far from here, you need to find a place to plug into a church and begin to stretch forth that shares the same vision, shares the same passion to make a difference. Maybe you're one of those people today sitting at home and you're saying, well, you're the next one. You're the next one. You're the world changer. You're the one that can make a difference. God is calling us. And for us here today, he's calling us to pray like we've never prayed before, believe like we've never believed before, worship like we've never worshiped before, and serve like we've never served.